Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. This is going to be a fun episode on the heels of what we talked about yesterday. We talked, I ranted a bit yesterday after Rosemary's episode a couple days ago about supporting good things. And she has a particular thing that she supports women in business and does that because of the support she got. And then yesterday we ranted about who can you support and each word, who can you support and what each one of those words means. And the bottom line is I was really just trying to encourage all of us to make the choices necessary to support, to give, to love, to serve, because I found that to be the key to living your ultimate life. Ultimate life, you know, in this podcast, we define it as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you or I or any of us create by serving with our divine gifts. I needn't remind you that means you have divine gifts. You really do. You have talents, gifts, um, blessings, whatever you want to call them, that you were given as you came here. And I don't know very much about where we were or what happened before we got here, but we know we were somewhere. Like we did not pop into existence at the moment of our birth. It doesn't even make any sense because you see even identical twins with people raised in the very same household with essentially the very same circumstances turn out completely differently and have completely different aptitudes and likes and everything else. And that is due to our uniqueness. And the uniqueness isn't just the DNA that's in our physical bodies. There's a spiritual analog, a spiritual DNA, if you will, that marks part of our divine difference. And that's a wonderful thing because that lends such diversity and beauty to everyone around us. Like it is so beautiful to recognize, to <clears throat> take advantage of, to get to know the differences in everyone around us. And at one level, we're more alike than different in every way. We all breathe. We all need air. We all want to be loved. We all ache to be recognized. We want to give love and receive love. We want to serve. We're built that way. And that's a beautiful thing. So what are we talking about today? Well, if you recognize that our purpose here is to love and serve each other, and you buy into the idea that that's how you create your ultimate life, then we're all faced with the, the question of making choices. And a lot of things come just sort of accidentally. Stuff that shows up in the path that day and we choose to do or not do whatever's right in front of us. That's fine. That's going to happen all the time. But when you think about what you are good at, 
where you really can make a difference and add good to the world, there's a billion things, and we can't do everything. There's simply not enough time, especially if you want to get good at it. I was listening to a YouTube video the other day where the speaker was talking about his idea that greatness and insanity were next-door neighbors, said that if you really want to reach true mastery in anything, you have to cut off big parts of your life. I suppose that's true, and if you look at children, young youngsters that are taken into sports and athletics, it's very noticeable when young girls are taken into gymnastics or, you know, those kinds of fields. They start very young, and they, their whole lives are centered around that, and while their accomplishments are beyond spectacular, I often wonder at what expense, like what, what part of their natural growth and development has been missed out. And I don't know. I'm not taking a stand for or against any of that sort of thing. But you have to know there's a limited time. Like each of us has 24 hours in a day. My wife, Joy, talks about her upbringing, <clears throat> very structured, she did skating all of her life from very, very early, four or five, and all the way through into college every morning at six o'clock at the skating rink and, you know, was working on professionalism. She ended up coaching and coached hockey players to skate and she learned figure skating and then dance and Ukrainian dance and all kinds of different things. And her life was very, very structured and she's turned out to be a wonderful, beautiful person but she talks often about the regimen of her days in all the things that she was involved in. So we all have, th but she couldn't have been involved in all those things. And at the same time, done a whole pile of other things, learned to fix cars and race and all the rest. You know, she had a set of things that she was interested in. So we have choices to make. There are too many good things that we could do and not enough time to do all of them especially if we're going to make a real difference. So there's two ways to think about this. One, there's always going to be spur-of-the-moment stuff we can do to love and serve people. If we're not focused on love and service, and I believe that you are, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast on creating your ultimate life by serving with your divine gifts. So if you're focused on love and service, there's going to be things that show up in the moment people to help, phone calls to make, messages to send, service to give in the soup kitchen or the church or the neighborhood. Those things show up for all of us. And if we've tuned our minds and hearts to be loving and serving, we will take advantage of some of those. Now, you could completely absorb your life in helping, you know, standing, helping people on the street. And then that would be a beautiful thing that you did, and you would then preclude a bunch of other things because that's where your time was. So let's talk about making choices. We all have momentary, obvious, immediate things we can do, and I would encourage us all, me, you, everybody, to take advantage of those, serve, love, smile, send messages, work in the schools and churches and community and volunteer and do that stuff. My own life has been filled with that, even though for decades I struggled with depression. One of the lightest and most beautiful things I did in those years to keep sane was centered around that service. I did a lot of musical service in the community and church, choirs and musical director for plays and writing orchestrations and, you know, directing choirs and directing plays and drama and all that stuff. It was all volunteer and it was all to help people 
develop their own talents and love and serve and have fun. That was a fabulous thing that I chose to do, and it was all free, volunteer. I didn't get paid or even significantly recognized, except at the moment, by those involved. So that's one choice. Now, the other choice I want to talk about, besides the momentary things, is we recognize that there are too many good things. So how do you choose your divine gifts? Well, we did several episodes about choosing your divine gifts, so I'll summarize them there. Number one, if we're focused on service, we know that we brought gifts with us. We know there are things that we naturally do really well. For example, I'm really good at explaining difficult and complex things in a simple, patient way for people to understand. And not only was I good at that, but that got me made positions where I made a lot of money. In when I worked in electricity and electricity markets, and deregulation and stuff, I was the person that was always chosen to go to the capital in California or the capital in Alberta or Washington, D.C. or the capital of the country in Canada to explain to legislators and lawmakers the complexities of that in a simple and easy way. So I was able to do that really well. And in that sense, that made me a lot of money. I got chosen for jobs and positions that required that service. And so that was a commercial opportunity. Another thing that I know about myself, and as I say these things about myself, this is not about me. I couldn't care less about that right now because I've discovered my gifts and talents. I want you to discover yours. So what I know, for example, is there's something about my voice. When I narrate, when I speak in church or community or at work, people pay attention. So I have a gift and blessing with that, and I notice it because people comment and they say sometimes interesting and sometimes really interesting things about the power of the voice that I have to help people understand, to convince, to persuade, to make people feel good, to help them get over things, all that sort of stuff. And it really lends itself well to the coaching that I do, whether I'm getting paid or not. It also turns out that the music is something that I love. And if you've read Tightrope of Depression, you know that's been a huge two-edged sword because I wanted to do music all my life. I gave it up because of the depression and because of pressure from the family, feeling like it was not a good idea. And so I buried that for many years, and that caused all kinds of catastrophic things. But the bottom line is, in the last 10 or 12 years, that resurgence has provided two things, three things, actually. One, enormous personal joy and fun in the development of talents and working on my voice and writing songs and everything. Two, I've been able to bless the lives of many people, not money-wise, but bless their lives. And three, I've been able to make money and create business around that. So a triple whammy in a good direction. Fulfilling of great service and making some money to support myself and create the kind of life and lifestyle that I want. Purpose, prosperity, and joy. Now, I didn't know that all those things would come. No one brought me a game plan. No one wrote out the script. I didn't know exactly how to do that. What I did know is these four things. One, think about what you really love to do. I don't mean because you're tired and so you just want to veg out in front of Netflix 
or binge watch the latest 10 seasons of whatever. If you had nothing that you had to do and you were fully rested and you were not sleep deprived or not angry because you'd been forced to do whatever, that that's sort of the rebellion that makes you want to sit and just watch TV or veg out. If you really and truly connect with yourself, what would you love to do? What do you love? Is it garden? Is it read? Is it build? Like, what is that? There are signs there. What are your natural gifts? Number two, and if you don't know, ask people that know you. Ask people what you're really good at. Ask people what you seem to do effortlessly. And listen, pay attention. This is not a dialogue. This is just you asking a question and then listening. Another thing I've found to be really helpful in that regard is to ask in my meditation and prayer. And God gave us the gifts. It's not a game of hide the ball. If you are truly seeking those gifts, you can be, he'll tell you. I've noticed that to be true. The more I truly and deeply seek to understand the gifts that I have and how to use them, that revelation and intuition has come. It doesn't come all at once. It doesn't come on a silver platter. It comes as I work. There's a little phrase that I have that says, clarity is overrated. It is not found, it is created. And I say that because so often I hear the phrase, well, I don't know exactly what to do. I'm just not clear. And they say that word clear like it's some kind of a magic potion or a cuss word or somewhere in between. Like somehow something is going to happen and they'll suddenly have both the clarity and motivation. Well, I don't know anyone that that's happened for. You start by doing 100% perfect or the best you can work at whatever you're doing. Whether you think you like it or not, make a choice to do good work. Find out the things that as you do that feel more fun. They're easier, they're effortless, they're joyful. Maybe there are things you know where you completely get lost in time and you have no idea how long, how many hours have gone by. The only real thing that that happens for me is in the recording studio doing music and in the video editing stuff when I'm trying to edit a video and get it to feel right or to convey a certain feeling both with the effects or the editing or the music. So creating a communication of power, either in music, writing, arranging, recording, singing, mixing, mastering, producing musical stuff, or producing messages in video that have also the narration and everything. So one of the things I'm really excited about doing right now is I'm creating a YouTube video about, it's a motivational video, it'll be about a half hour long. I expect that to be out in a little while. It's called You Own Your Life. So those are some tips. Be in service, go all in, figure out what you love, where can you get lost, what do you enjoy doing if you had no call on your time, those are way and ask people that know you and ask your creator what those things are for you. Now, the, the last piece is this. The saying I had is clarity is overrated. It's not found. It is created. And the way you create it is with action. I've never had clarity sitting around and it shows up. Clarity comes in action. Clarity comes by doing things, then assessing the result, how it feels, what it did, 
that kind of action has been the thing that creates clarity for me. So when you choose who you can support and you get an action to add good to the world, find those things you're magic at because you have some. And I can promise you, as you find them, more opportunities will come. You can create a business out of it if you want to. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. Some people have a career all their life and they do those things on the side. But the focus is service and love. So get in action. Find those things and then make a clear commitment to develop, discover, develop, and then deliver your divine talents in the service of others. That right there, to me, is the fastest and easiest way to create purpose, prosperity, and joy and live your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet.